Hello, Bridgeway. We are so happy to be with you today for Engaging Culture podcast. Um, This is a podcast presented by Bridgeway Christian Church. I'm Heather Johnson, in for Brian Kiley today, who is out on vacation. Um, And we are recording this episode on Tuesday, August 4th. And on today's episode, we're talking about preparing for home-based learning. On July 17th, Governor Newsom announced that all California schools in counties that were on the COVID watch list uh, must move to distance learning and counties that have have to be off the, the watch list for at least 14 consecutive days before schools can open for re uh, for reopen for in-person learning. So all that to say, distance learning is here to stay for many of us. Um, so this new reality is something that so many of us are navigating. We have brought on two guests today to give us some tips, some tricks, and more than anything, some encouragement for what it looks like to navigate this next season of home-based learning. So all of that and more on this episode of Engaging Culture Podcast. This is such a needed conversation today. We are, I I can't, um, I just can't even express the number of conversations I've had about this topic already um, and, and how many moms and dads and grandparents and caregivers, this is our new reality. And so I'm super excited to introduce um, Siobhan Davies. She is a second grade teacher at 12 Bridges Elementary School and is learn- going into her 16th year of teaching and a mom, um, mm-hmm. as well as uh, Jackie Adams is a professional coach, uh, trained at Western Seminary. She serves at uh, Vintage Grace Church as a leadership and life group trainer and as well as a volunteer in adult ministry. So we are so excited to have both you ladies and I'm really, we had a pre-conversation to our recorded conversation. And um, I just think that all of our parents are going to be really, really encouraged today. So um, Jackie, tell us a little bit about uh, about you, about how you're doing and, and kind of what brings you to our show today. Oh, gosh. Well, um, I love coaching. And so what brings me today is I want to help parents. Um, I'm not typically working with young kids, but I want parents to recognize that they need to take time for themselves to just reflect back on, you know, this is going into our second round here. We've had a spring where we did some, you know, home-based learning. And so I want to help parents to reflect back on what was that like, what worked, what didn't work, Mm -hmm. and really kind of get to some of those core feelings inside of themselves. And then I want to give them a tool to help you know, with their kids on how to involve their kids in solving either the problem, an issue, a project, rather than the parent thinking they have to solve it for themselves. Because, it, you know, when we're presented with the problem, what does everybody do, right? <laughs> we so, we'll go to solve the problem. Yeah. So this is just a way to encourage and empower kids to do that themselves. And I think, you know, when we're in such close quarters with home-based learning to get your kids confident and using their creativity and empowering them it's going to go a long way to make things work more smoothly in your home and you're just going to love watching the kids light up when they see that they've had a hand in creating you know the next thing so that's that's what i'm bringing today and um yeah i've been a coach since 2015 got my training at western seminary and i love it Awesome. Yeah. Can't wait to talk more about that. Siobhan, tell us a little bit about, about you and you guys are a Bridgeway family. 
Yes, we are. Um, I am a second grade teacher. I'm a mom. And just those two things I feel like are enough to take up all my time. But, yeah. you know, it's, it's a new time to navigate what's going on. And it's challenging for all of us in different ways, whether you're taking care of your own kids, you're helping someone else in your community, you're helping with home-based learning. Yeah. I have three kids that are elementary and and one actually going to middle school this year. And so we're going to be negotiating that ourselves. And being a teacher, you know, there's there's a lot of change going on for us. And there's so much anxiety around this topic. But I feel like if we can all get to a place of knowing there is no perfect way, there's no one way. Yeah. Um, but there is a lot of grace we can give each other as we're working through it. And that's going to make a huge difference. I, I love, Jackie, your idea of empowering the kids to be a part of this. Um, as a family, we can all connect and make this work in a more positive way, even though it's overwhelming, you know, and I can't wait to hear more about the coaching for the parents to take a breath and figure out how to work through it. So I'm excited. Awesome. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know me, um, my name's Heather Johnson and, uh, yeah, and I'm a mom as well. I have, um, a 15 year old, an 18 year old and a 21 year old. So I have a, a brand new college student who's trying to figure out where she's going next year. And we're waiting patiently, very patiently for all the news <laughs> as to whether she's going away or not. And then um, my older son's at Jessup and then I've got a, you know, going into high school or going into a junior year. So, you know, this is not just a theoretical topic for, for, for many of us. This is, this is real life. Um, Jackie's got a, a preschool-ish age grandchild. So, you know, you'll be doing some, some little, little things as well. And, you know, no, there's very few people that are untouched by this topic. Um, mm, for so. Sure. so let's dive in. Um, I, I really want to start by talking about um, what, what do you think are some of the challenges? Because there's so many, but, um, but, but let's just start. And with uh, Siobhan, why don't you start by telling us, what do you feel like is one or two of the main challenges that parents are facing right now? Well, I think negotiating um, between what their child's school day looks like at home while they're working at home, that is, was hard for a lot of us in the spring. And it's, it's not necessarily easier, but maybe it looks a little different. Um, so that anxiety and that overwhelm and that stress management, how are you going to handle it? And how are you going to help your kids feel positive about what's going on? Um, parents are also really concerned about their kids' social emotional health. How does my child feel about this? How are they going to react to not connecting with peers or finding new ways to connect with peers? Um, the other question that keeps coming up too is are my kids falling behind academically? And I just want parents to understand that since we're all doing this together at the same time and the behind that you would fall in isn't happening because we're all working through the same you know, lack of time in the classroom and trying, teachers are working so hard to try and bring um, that really rigorous teaching into your home. And, and our hope as teachers, and I know I speak for a lot of us, is that we can facilitate and be the teachers through the screen, but still be the teachers so you can be the parent. You know, we, we're not asking the parents to be the teachers. We mm -hmm. want to be able to continue to provide parent support and student support um, so I'm asking, you know, really rely on those teachers and find a way that works for your family. It, it's it's going to be challenging, but we're definitely in it together to work through that overwhelm and figure out how we can support each other. Yeah, there's so many good reminders there. Um, one, I love that, you know, your perspective as a teacher, 
um, to the parents and, um, and, and, you know, as a parent, just really relinquishing that, um, it's not one or the other, it's both. We're both on the same team <laughs> trying to accomplish the same thing. Um, and, and I think even just having that attitude will help, you know, will help, will help me have the right perspective. Um, yeah. Jackie, I know that you have a, t a ton of tools and, and work a lot with people you know, a lot of times people come to coaching because mm -hmm. they feel stuck or they feel overwhelmed. So um, before we dive into some of what you think are, are the challenges we're facing today, tell us, a, tell us some, some tools or some tips to um, what do we do with the sense as a parent that we are just so overwhelmed with the reality of this? Yeah, well, we are overwhelmed. And so I think it's just uh, that awareness of that, right? So we're going to hold that up and we're going to look at it. What is it that's making us overwhelmed? Mm -hmm. We're going to work through that. And that's the time where parents really need to sit down and take the time to do that. And we don't do that as parents. We just push right through to the next thing. And it really is helpful when you can take a step back and do some reflection work uh, because you don't want to repeat the same things moving forward. Um, you're going to have probably similar challenges as you did earlier in the spring. And so you want to work through those things. I know for one of my neighbors who is actually um, a speech therapist at an elementary school and then she has six and four year old one day was just overwhelming for her because she's trying to work as you are too Siobhan um, with your own kids at home and she uh, forgot a zoom meeting for one of her kids and she was crying all day you know about that so it is real and it is overwhelming it is challenging and I think one of the biggest things we have to remember is we have to grace ourselves and as Siobhan said too our little kids are watching us they're watching how we're responding and how we're handling things and if we can um, relax a little bit and recognize there's going to be times when we fall through the cracks and we miss things and grace ourselves and just determine to move forward. I love that, Jackie. And just to piggyback on that, you know, I think being okay with the fact that it's not going to be perfect. Right. And it's okay to fail. We all right. fail every day. It's that we teach it in the classroom. It's that growth mindset concept. And so helping the kids know, you know, you're going to get it wrong. Yep. I get it wrong every day. And I love your idea of the reflection piece. Mm -hmm. I think that would be super helpful to check in with kids too. You know, whether it's a bedtime talk or, you know, finding a part of your day where if you, you can reflect as an adult, our kids are stressed too. Find a moment, even if it's just a moment to just go, how are you doing? Take a quiet minute with your kids. I feel like that's so important. Yeah, I've ha had some clients that escape to their car. <laughs> so if you're going to do it now in August, you got to make sure you're doing it at the right time. Closets are good too. <laughs> Closets are good. And really, that's that's the one of the first things that, you know, one of the tips that I would say to help parents make a perspective shift in their head. And that is to take that time, go sit in the car or go sit in the closet, or if your kids are older, go into your bedroom and say, hey, I'm closing my door for 30 minutes. And really just sit there and reflect and just ask yourself some questions. Be sure and bring something to write down, you know, what you're discovering. But, you know, just ask yourself things like, these are great coaching questions, you know, what's bringing life into my soul right now? 
Um, what's weighing me down? Sometimes we don't even want to look at those kinds of things. And then um, this is another really important question too. What am I doing that I really don't want to do? Am I yelling at my kids all day long? Am I angry at my kids all day long? Am I being lazy? You know, or, you know, how have you been acting with your kiddos? And, and then asking yourself, what am I doing that is feeding my soul? Because it's really important that we do that. And as parents, we can put ourselves to the side and put our kids first. And we're not doing anybody a favor when we do that. And then finally, just look at what is my heart saying? You know, where am I here? Where am I with Jesus? And it's just so important to take this time to reflect. And I'm speaking from, you know, experience because I don't always take the time with my kids, you know, when my kids were little to do that reflection. And this is really, really important because then it's going to identify and help you discover some core feelings. I know that's the feelings word, but you want to get to those things because you don't want to take those things that didn't serve you well, this first go around into this next go around. Yeah, I love that. I think those yeah. are so great. I mean, as a parent too, of course, I'm a teacher, but as a parent and a mom of three, you know, it just, it gets overwhelming. It's overwhelming when you're not even doing distance learning. You right. know, we yeah. all know that. Life this is, is a whole, overwhelming. yeah, it's a whole new element. Um, you know, and don't beat yourself up about taking a minute or two. It's, I think I just love your idea of reflecting on that. And, you know, a girlfriend of mine shared with me, who's also a life coach. She said, you can take 90 seconds anywhere. Yeah, you can take, you can. If you can do nothing else, you can take 90 seconds to breathe, and just ask yourself a couple of those questions. And I love that. So thank you for sharing. Sure. Yeah. I love even this. I was, when you were talking Siobhan about mm -hmm. how we fra phrase this with our kids and I don't have littles anymore, but um, you know, I, I mean, the first thought that popped into my mind is what feels too big today? Right. Yeah. You know, and it's like, that's a great question, you yes, know, for a little or, or for myself, you know, what feels yeah. too big today? And yeah. a, as a believer, you know, it's like, okay, Lord, you know, hands open. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what feels too big today. Yeah. I need you to take this, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're, you're bigger than me and, and I don't want it anymore. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I love the simplicity of that you know, obviously we need the, the longer reflection time and, and that's going to be key for perseverance and sustainability in this. Um, and we almost need all those little baby times to take a deep breath and, um, and help our kids take a deep breath. Yeah. So I know both of you mentioned growth mindset. Um, can, can you elaborate on that a little bit? I, I know we know what that is, but, but how would you explain that? to someone kind of to have this growth mindset? So the idea, at least the way we're, we teach in the classroom, the idea is that you're just not stagnant. You're not stuck in one way um, that you're able to kind of, I read this book to my students. It's called my fantastic elastic brain. And it's really just about stretching your thinking about doing that. things that are new, that are different because every time you try something new, whether it's something physical or whether it's something emotional, um, you're in, in actuality stretching your brain or what we call stretching your thinking. And by doing that, you're growing, you know, we're always learning or growing and we just try and teach kids to be brave and try some of those things. And then there's almost this like self-talk concept that goes with that as well to where um, we say in my classroom, mistakes are proof that you're trying. 
I can do hard things, just these kind of affirmation mm -hmm. statements that just remind you that we don't give up until you're proud. Like those are the things to kind of get their thinking on. I'm not going to settle. And even if it's tough, I can push through that to be better than who I was five minutes ago or yesterday. And I feel like those things need to be explicitly taught. I wasn't taught those things mm. as a kid, mm -hmm. um, you know, but as an adult who's still working on those things, as we all probably are, um, teaching kids young, I feel like just helps them think through and process through so many of, you know, life's challenges. That's where, that's where I come from a teaching perspective with it. Yeah. It's just kind of integrating that because academics is hard for a lot of kids and you're going to be up against something that is going to be challenging. That's how life is. It's supposed to be that way. So teaching them, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Jackie, do you have anything? Yeah. I was talking to our children's pastor, Jen Sodestrom, and um, she just was reminding me that kids are learning all of the time. And so we got to keep up with that. So us as their parents need to be in that growth mindset, stretching ourselves. And this is a time right now where we are stretching ourselves in the second semester of distance learning and just recognizing that, you know, gracing yourself because you're going to fail and that's okay. Your kids are going to fail on some things and that's okay, but grace yourself through that, but don't give up. And don't think because one time you, you know, missed a Zoom call or, you know, you feel like a failure that it's over. You just have to keep going because they're always learning. They're watching you and you're learning yourself too. And that is such a great place even to have conversations with our kids about when we've messed up and, oh, I need to learn this. And what are you learning? And so really important for parents just to grace themselves and have that growth mindset as well. Yeah, I love that. And, and I think being vulnerable too, like yeah, it's okay yeah. to tell your kids, yes. I was wrong. Yes. I messed up. Yes. <laughs> Having a hard time, you know, all those dialogue things. I think we try as, as parents, you know, we want to be strong for our kids and, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah. And, and some of us have the um, personality that we as the parents have to have all of the answers mm. and you know, we have to have some of the answers uh, or if we think we have to have all of them, we at least can have all of them in a creative way that empowers the kids too. Yeah. And it's so, there's, there's so much right now that we, uh, we have an opportunity to, I mean, excuse me for the way I'm going to say this, but right. We have an opportunity to make a fool of ourselves right, right now. Because yeah. we're all operating in areas where we don't feel necessarily super competent. Right. Um, and that's not a bad thing to look foolish every once in a while, you know, because that's mm -hmm. part of the learning process. Um, mm -hmm. That's what I hear from both of you is, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it's okay. And even processing that, I mean, I know that early on in my parenting, I can't remember one of the parenting classes I talked that I took was talking about, um, letting your kids into your thought process. So, mm -hmm. you know, as sometimes for people that are external processors, this just comes naturally. But as an internal processor, I had to learn it. I had to learn how to talk out loud about my process so my kids could hear it. So I was modeling what that looked like. Um, I mean, I love the little phrase, you know, I can do hard things. It's like even just being aware of the things I'm saying out loud 
while I'm figuring things out and feeling like I look a little foolish, <laughs> you know, um, it is just great. It, that's that growth mindset. That's that learning posture. And they're absorbing it through our modeling more than I'm necessarily teaching it. Like, okay, right. this is how you exactly. do this. This is how you yeah. do that. It's just like, oh yeah, you know, mom, you know, mom or, you know, I'm, I've got older kids. So it's like, I, I felt like a fool today and I just pushed through it and I knew that God loved me and, you know, mm -hmm. tomorrow's a new day and it's not yeah. going to kill me. And, nope. and people <laughs> laughed, you know, it, it, and, and mistakes are real. And, and I want to be able to laugh at myself. And yeah. then that translates into our children and our children's learning um, and all the things that they feel incompetent, you know, mm -hmm. in, on a daily basis. But I think we lose sight of that as adults. Sometimes I think we feel like we have to have a level of competency or we're afraid of looking like a fool. Um, and then that translates into a, a kind of a, a little, can translate into more of a, a rigid or perfectionistic environment. Mm -hmm. When we're not even trying for that to come across, it's just leaking out from right. that. And that then can cause some fear you know, uh, some anger. And then that, that's where, you know, if you're taking that time to do some reflecting, you need to get to those core feelings. You need to figure out what those are and ask yourself, you know, what's causing me so much dissatisfaction here? Um, you know, how do I want this to be? Uh, what needs to be different in me? Um, you know, what steps do I need to take to move forward? Um, yeah. And then like, what is success going to look like here in this area where maybe my expectations aren't being met or maybe I'm really angry? Um, I loved what you said too, where you just said you were an internal processor and you had to have a growth mindset to become an external processor. And I think that's really important for parents to really take this time to understand, are their kids an internal or external yeah. processor? Because if, if the parent is one and the kid is the other, that's already a, you know, a rub um, because the internal processor will parent will want the, their kids to process like they do. And if they're externally processing, it's really a challenge. And so this is a great awareness um, and time for parents to really get to know their kids and, you know, maybe what they thought they knew back when has changed and they're they know more now because they've had this gift of time yeah. to be with their kids yeah yeah i'm yeah. thinking about um that processing and that reflection concept jackie too and i know something that is helpful you know for us when we're just talking through is also like to pray together as a family yes. because when we're all praying together um different things come out about what each kid might be asking for that or things that they're thinking about because we're just like in a different comfortable state. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And mm -hmm. by doing that, um, you know, especially if the kids are comfortable with it, they're able to be more vulnerable in a prayer, mm -hmm. maybe than talking face to face to me where I'm asking a direct explicit question mm -hmm. and they're kind of like, I don't know what to say, but if I'm praying to God, yeah. I'm just speaking to God in the context yes. with my family. And so yeah. You know, I invite people to try that if you have yes. it with your kids, because it's, it's telling and it's, it's mm -hmm. nice to hear kind of where their heart is. So yeah. And that can be uncomfortable for some parents that maybe aren't 
comfortable praying out loud or may have never prayed with their kids before. And so again, another growth mindset um, (laughs) because it always works better when we invite Jesus into our lesson. Doesn't it? (laughs) It always does. Um, Amazing how that works. Yes, but we don't like to be outside of our comfort zones. And so that's another mindset, a shift in your perspective, you know, right what's making me uncomfortable and what do I need to do to get comfortable right. uh, in this situation? And here we all are extremely uncomfortable every day, right. all the time now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like yes. it's all, it's all here. It's all heavy. So we might yeah. as well, might as well kind of sift through it and work through, through some of that. Yeah, yeah. I think it was at least a couple of months ago now, you know, cause this thing is just going on and on, but that I just feel like I had, you know, I just had a day, I had to take a day where I was really just going, okay, I'm, this is not going back to normal and I need yes. to get comfortable Acceptance. with being uncomfortable and accept it because if I keep fighting it, if I keep, you know, trying to make things the way they were, it, this is not going to go well. Uh, I would say that most people have felt that way. Most people I've talked to, I know I have, I had some moments in my closet. (laughs) Um, I did, I had to, because it was just, you know, you have to kind of get to that place where um, we're not going back and, and we should always be going forward. We just don't know what forward looks like. Yeah. You know, and that's a lot of the anxiety um, for parents for the school system sure. too, is that they want kids to go back to school in person and they're visualizing what school was and yeah. school will not be anywhere near what it was. And so the experience, um, no matter what is going to be different. Yeah. You know, and the I, unknown is scary. It is. I have experienced this also, and I've um, used the metaphor that it feels like I'm on a roller coaster. And it feels like, you know, I've gone down the hill, gone around all of the turns and up and down, and I'm coming in to stop (laughs) and it takes off again. And here I thought you were getting off. I thought I was getting off and it's going around again. And that's what it feels like like to me. Um, and we can get overwhelmed with that because then it makes us feel out of control. Yes. Uh, so it feels like there's a lot of things that are out of our control that we're forced into because of COVID and, um, and that can be overwhelming, you know, to parents and kids. Yeah. 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 There's no perfect choice here. No. Um, and, and yeah. We'll just leave it there. <laughs> um, so Jackie, t- tell, us, tell us when you were thinking about some of the specific challenges that parents are, are facing, what, what were some of the things that came to mind for you? Uh, let me go back to what I wrote down here. Um, well, one of the things that um, came to mind through when I was talking to our children's pastor was that there's a difference between homeschooling and regular school and one's not better than the other. They're just different. And we just need to embrace the difference. Right. And so we just need to be creative. I think that um, one of the biggest challenges for the parents right now is their time, especially if they're having to work from home. And especially, um, you know, if they're, you know, like Siobhan is a teacher, so she's going to be spending her day doing that when she also has to spend her day teaching her own kids. And so I think managing that and uh, putting together a schedule for that is going to be really important. And 
it's going to look differently. So embrace the difference and not just in, you know, the difference between homeschooling and regular schooling, but just embrace the difference of schedule. I think it's important that parents have a plan and they have a schedule because I think that will help them, but also being flexible, I think in the midst of that. And then one of the tips our pastor's wife gave was to let the kids help set the schedule. And one of the things that I saw early on, um, you know, back in March and April in my neighborhood as we were on lockdown was um, we have a duck pond by our house. And I saw little boys on their bikes with their fishing poles riding to the duck pond to fish. And this was in the middle of the day when they would normally be in school. And I was thinking to myself, wow, they're never going to forget that they got to fish during the day in a regular school year during the regular part of the day and they got to go do that. So it's going to be different. So embrace the difference. You don't have to chunk out six hours of school with your kids. You can give Please them don't. <laughs> a couple Please of don't. hours and then, okay. you know, uh, go ride bikes and, uh, you know, do some schoolwork on the bikes. Like our pastor's wife said, give them their spelling test while you're riding your bike, you know, and I love that. And so it's just going to take creativity. It's going to take patience. And I think those things are challenging for parents, especially when they have the responsibility of having to work at home also. Yeah, I absolutely agree that that routine and um, kids being involved in it is really important. Um, the difference between what was happening in the spring and what's going to be happening in the fall for mm. most districts is that there will be set, most districts, I will say, will have set times for students yeah. to meet with their teachers, which is nice because then we know exactly when the instruction piece is happening, how you structure the rest of your day and what works for your family and your kids. I agree, be flexible. Yeah. But I would say that setting a routine is probably one of the most important things that you can do. Um, whether you put it on a whiteboard, talk to your kids about what, what they want for breakfast, um, make sure they're up and moving, make sure there's lots of movement breaks. And I would also say, go buy the school supplies. Get them excited. Mm -hmm. Let them pick their favorite pens. Maybe they want to write in purple that you can't write in purple at school. So <laughs> write in purple at home. There you Maybe, go. I love that. You know, like get yeah. 12 different color highlighters. Um, you might not need a backpack, but maybe you buy a new desk or like a little shelf or, but I know for my kids, that's what we're doing is, you know, all pink unicorn school supplies. What do you need? You know, you're going to need pens and papers and notebooks. And, you know, I'm sure teachers will get the specifics informa the information out to you, but you want to get them as excited as possible. Forever. They might even need new clothes, buy the new clothes online is what we're doing. Um, you know, we usually buy new shoes when school starts because we're going to be outside playing a lot. Well, they're still going to be playing and they've probably grown. Um, so I feel like those things are really important. Finding a way to still be excited about the school yeah. year yeah, and build in the routines that are going to work for you. So you, the kids thrive on routine, the yeah. predictability yeah. Um, makes them feel self-assured. You know, that doesn't mean it has to be a rigid routine, but whatever works for you and your family, I would agree. Definitely find a way that's going to work for you guys. So you can have lots of movement, lots of joy, teaching hopefully as much as possible um, with the teacher. And then, you know, you can work too, because that's challenging. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, I, I know in my 
family with, you know, with my kids, we kind of winged it for the last end of the season, you know, kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, we have the, the, the luxury of having a larger home. They have their own rooms. Um, you know, they have school issued computers. So, you know, we were in a very, a, a very nice situation. Um, but we still winged it. I mean, they were, you know, hunched over on their beds doing schoolwork, <laughs> you know, um, and we're going to approach it differently this year. You know, I mean, I, I said to my daughter, okay, I think we need to get some ergonomic things set up. I think you need to raise your, you know, your computer and get a, you know, there's just some different things. We're taking a little different approach. And I've heard a lot of parents are doing that, you know, getting more of a, get, making sure they have a desk or a, a designated area that yeah, not in their bed <laughs> area. Um, for some people, that's the, the kitchen table. That's okay. Not everybody has the luxury of having their own space, um, but just designating that space and, and doing some things to mark the beginning of the school year, the beginning of the school day, <laughs> the end of the school day. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so it, all of those things feel little, but they really are, you know, they help signal they signal our, our, our brain, our spirit that, okay, now this is disciplined mode. Okay. Now this is play mode. 100%. Yeah. Um, and we all need that. You know, yeah, I need that do. for my work day as much as my kids need that for their school day. Right. And, and it helps everybody kind of know what the expectation is. Everybody wants clarity on this subject, whether it's totally. the parents or the kids and we can't give clarity with everything, but we can give some clarity on, on what we expect both from our children at home and what teachers are expecting um, yeah. from students as you know, they're being held accountable for their learning. So I think that's huge. I love the idea of the designated workspace, whatever it is. Um, and, and you want to make it fun. Yeah. yeah. Kids try it other kids. <laughs> and um, be flexible there. Yeah. You know, if it, if it's not working and they would rather do it at the kitchen table, then find where they'll have the most success. Yeah. Yes, I agree. Um, I just want to bring up a a side topic with that. Um, Kids, you know, are really missing that connectedness with their peers and Mm -hmm. not being able to be on the playground. That's where kids connect the most. Um, Something I did with my kids that we kind of toyed with in the spring is I allowed them to use Google Meet or FaceTime or Kids Messenger, you know, whatever works for your family. And for students that were in their class, he, my son would sometimes work with another student. So Mm. if they had independent work, they could be on a video chat like this and they could be working on the same assignment. And usually with that independent work, we would be doing that in the classroom as well. And just, you know, he was always within earshot. And so I could hear that conversation happening and manage it without, having to be involved, but it allowed him to connect with his friends, mm. you know, and that's, Love that's a that. huge piece. Yeah. yeah. If it wasn't working, then it was again, taken away. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing how quickly he, um, got up early to get his work done oh, nice. <laughs> and was able to accomplish the task for the set number of days and then work back to that reward of being able to Um, handle working with a peer. So just an idea, you know, even if it's not for schoolwork, if your kids aren't connecting outside of your home, you know, FaceTime Playdate, if you're not doing it already, you know, or just if you have questions about the schoolwork, my middle schooler does it, she has a Google Meet with three of her friends. Yeah, so they do group time. So just an idea to think about. I, I tried to share that with a lot of my parents and 
it's not a crime for them to work together. <laughs> it's yeah. okay. And they need it. And we do it in the classroom all day. So I yeah. feel like it's important. And that collaborative piece really is, mm. is, is a deficit that we're kind of facing. Um, and with some of the permission we've been given to be outdoors, right. um, I think there are opportunities to get creative. Yeah. Um, one, one of the ideas from our church uh, was to, you know, cause isolation is real here in this scenario. And um, it was to maybe do a tailgate party at a, at a um, you know, parking lot with some other families or something just to be around other people and monitoring. Of course, everybody wearing masks and social distancing, but at least they get to see other people and you get to, it's not over a screen, you know, that limits that screen time, which is a reality too, which is a big fear of parents too, mm -hmm. worried about, oh my gosh, how much screen time. And we don't know what the Lord has in a, in a, for us in that, but we know he's involved in all of this. And we know that there are some positive things that are going to come out of this. Um, yeah. That we can't foresee, but he knows. Right. Trust in that. Trust yes, in that trust for sure. That. Yeah. I, and that technology piece, you know, it's a constant conversation in the educational setting because there are so many fantastic tools, Yeah, um, but they aren't, the same as being real time with another human. And here we are at the place where we're using all those technology tools. So my advice would be um, get yourself and your child just as proficient as possible on the platforms that you're utilizing. So when you're getting into those platforms, whether it's Google Meet or Clever, Schoology, all these different things, you're not spending time negotiating the platform. You're in, do what you need to do, and then make sure you're taking those breaks because not all learning has to happen, you know, in front of that screen. There's going to be some regulations on that and accountability from your teachers and your schools and yeah. as is such. Um, but just being as proficient as they can be so that the learning is happening and then that break is happening. And that's what we would do in the classroom too. Yeah. Learning and break, learning and break. So it's not tied to the screen all the time. And I think there's a, a ton of opportunities, you know, and, and I saw some of this on social media um, at the end of the school year last year, um, but there's a ton of opportunities for kind of more of the hands-on learning. Um, you know, I'm a full-time working mom as well. Fridays are my day off. So, um, so I'm trying to think creatively for fall. Okay, what can I do on Fridays with my girls that, um, you know, that is – it's learning, but it's not learning, you know? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, we were, um, some friends of ours have a kayak. So we were talking about maybe doing paddle Fridays or something while the weather's mm -hmm. nice or, you know, I mean, there's so many creative things that families could do in the afternoons or, you know, when they, cause we're not in for full school days. Um, right. and not to put more pressure on the parent because paddle Fridays isn't that hard, but you know, that, but there are lots of parents out there that are super gifted. I mean, one of my friends took her son who was doing AP physics and mm. instead, you know, there, they did this huge physics project at the end of, you know, the whole month of May and they built something and launched it off their driveway, you know? Wow. <laughs> um, I love it. I love but, that too. That yeah, wouldn't happen in my amazing. house. <laughs> I could never do that. I'm doing paddle Fridays, but yeah. you know, there's, there's a room for creativity 
Mm-hmm. And not to judge myself for what I can't do, but to lean into what, what can my kids and I do that's unique and fun for us that does have an element of learning, but it's not all, you know, I don't have to be like hyper vigilant about learning, no. but let's, but let's you, get, you're crazy. not giving them a quiz. You're not giving yeah. them a quiz. <laughs> well, and one of the ideas that our pastor's wife came up with was let the kids, like if you're doing, uh, if you're reading a book together or doing a, um, you know, segment together, uh, let the kids give you a quiz and ask yeah. you questions to answer. Yeah, that's how you show understanding that, if you're teaching yeah. someone else. Yeah. I so, love that. Love that too. Thought that was great. It just takes a little bit more shift in your thinking yeah. um, to involve them, you know. I love that idea of involving them. Uh, something that we worked on that I think would be helpful, even maybe for your Fridays, um, is to ask the kids, maybe even put it in a jar, write it on a scrap of paper. What do they want to learn about? Yeah. What, do, what are they interested in? And then, I love you know, that. F- free choice Friday, instead of being, you know, going out for a treat or just playing games or recess at school is a free choice. Pick something out of the jar. Let's see what we're going to do today. Yeah. Right. And you know? then be willing to do it. Yeah. Whatever it is. Well, yeah, yeah I have three I kids. Mean, so of course yeah. someone would pick and be like, I don't want to learn about that. Well, it's not your choice. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you got to choose last week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah, but that's flexibility. Yes. Like you were talking about Jackie, I feel like, you know, we're talking about that creativity and that flexibility and opportunity mm-hmm. for something new and different. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of great opportunities here. So. Yeah. yeah. You know, my son-in-law, you know, with, with my two little granddaughters, um, has been working from home since, you know, early March. And he said, you know, I just don't think I'll ever regret being able to have this time with all of my girls. Mm. And I think if we can keep that mindset that we don't want to have any regrets about this time, we don't want to look back and say, oh, it was just awful. We, we want to make it something positive for our kids and for our family and really take advantage of the time that we have. Um, even though it's going to be challenging and hard, but we don't want to look back and regret, you know, that we had this opportunity to do things with our kids mm-hmm. in a way we've never had before, unless you've chosen to be a homeschool parent um, right. before and really celebrate that and lean into that. Cause I don't, I don't think parents will regret that they had this time with their kids. Yeah, you know? yeah. Totally. Well, I have a couple um, specific things that I thought about um, for challenges that I thought would be good for us to talk about for just a few minutes. Um, uh, And maybe Siobhan, this is more, you have more experience with this is, uh, you know, I know families and a lot of families who have students with IEPs Mm -hmm. um, and they're, they're really facing kind of, you know, a disruption in service and, um, and the support systems that they're used to having. Um, any advice or, or encouragement for, for the, those families that are just kind of feeling that additional kind of weight of demand on them? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, you know, you were receiving X number of services while you were in the school system. And honestly, sometimes those services do not translate over a screen yeah. for some of these students, all right. depending on the level of their interaction um, and where they are in their process. Um, Most students who are on IEPs, depending on why they're on the IEP, will have really specific individualized goals. So my thought would be definitely like pick and choose the things that you believe are most crucial for your child. Um, 
resource and support services, most schools are going to be providing something either one-on-one -on -one through a screen or in small groups. So they'll address those best that they can, um, but also lean on those people to say, okay, what are other ways that I can help my child meet these goals? You know, and don't be afraid of doing other research or trying it in a different way. Again, it's that flexibility that we're in such a different time. Um, and, and you're not the teacher necessarily, but you are your child's first teacher. So finding that creativity in if your child is working on a social emotional skill or they're working on an academic skill, lean on your support people to ask for other, other resources, other places that you can go um, because it's going to look so different at home. And it's not going to be the number of services that they received previously. It's just... Yeah literally sometimes impossible. Um, and, and don't worry, you know, about that fall behind concept because you know your child, you know what your child needs and looking at those IEP goals or those really essential things, pick and choose what you can handle, you know, and go a little at a time. I mean, that's, it's uncharted territory yeah. for sure. It's not easy. Um, and it's hard to say, you know, my child was getting this and now we're only getting this many services, but whatever those services are, just make sure those are your essentials that you feel like would make your child the most successful he or she could be and, and happy. You know, that's yeah. huge too. I think we're going to need to, I mean, just even for, um, you know, the average child has different areas of strengths and weaknesses academically. And I think we're going to need to, to kind of rely upon one another like never before, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I might need to reach out to my community and say, Hey, is anybody really good at algebra two or calculus or yeah. <laughs> who can help my daughter with AP lit, you know, um, because I can't, mm -hmm. you know, those types of things, may require us to be a little more vulnerable um, yeah. with, you know, with those within our peer groups and in our communities. Um, and I think we might need to get creative with some, not just taking care of all those needs within our own family, but really helping out one another. Hey, my husband's really good at, at this, you know, in normal times, I wouldn't, he wouldn't necessarily be the tutor for my neighbor's son. But in this time, that may be what's required for really all of us to get through this thing. And um, that's, again, it's, it's kind of more creative thinking in, in ways that we haven't, we haven't really had to rely on one another at that level, a lot of us. Right. Um, and sometimes that puts us in an uncomfortable zone. And so yeah. we have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah, that's a tricky thing. And also, you know, we talk thing. about, we talk about working smarter, not harder. Mm, you don't yeah. have to do all the things. Yes. Find somebody to help you accomplish the most crucial things that you need right now, or the things that you're just not an expert in. I'm yeah. not an expert in all things, but I know somebody who's pretty good at that. Yeah. You know, or I know somebody else who has a child who's on an IEP and they're working through some of that. What did you do? Did you find any resources, you know, in, in that vulnerability of reaching out? We're all, we're all doing the same thing and we're yeah. all worried. Right. And that, I feel like just that one concept, knowing that everybody <clears throat> is struggling in some way, yeah. um, you know, helps us be connected. And like you said, trying be flexible, find, find other people who can help because I know asking for help can be hard. 
but goodness, you feel the relief when you find someone, right? You're yes. like, oh, yes. thank you so, so much. True. And you're so just true. <laughs> so gracious. And, yeah. and that person more than likely is so happy to help. Yeah. Yeah. You just hadn't asked yet, you know, so yeah. I'm going to be doing that. I might be calling you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I know that there's also a lot of families that, um, you know, at the beginning of, at the end of last year, and, you know, we'll see it's a new year, um, but there are kids that really struggle um, with, with motivation and focus um, in, in distance learning because it just doesn't have the same structure, you know, they're in a different environment. Yeah. Um, what advice might you have to the parents <laughs> who are, you know, kind of helping, who are coaching their kids through lack of motivation um, or engagement, uh, you know, and what advice might you have for, yeah, for the, for the kids? How, how should we handle that? Because I think that's a real dynamic in a lot Absolutely. of households as well. Like, I just want, you know, kids that don't want to go to school because it's online. It's a very demotivating. And unfortunately, we're at a place where, you know, as parents and teachers, when we're talking together, we can tell you how your student is acting or your child is acting at school. And most parents will be like, oh, wow, that's, I didn't know. <laughs> They're doing a great job. They don't, they don't listen at home or whatever the case may be because they will always push the parents more. Mm -hmm. It's a comfortable, loving environment. They will always mm -hmm. push the parents more. So I have a couple of comments <laughs> on that. Number one, how do you motivate your kids to do anything? Mm -hmm. What is your standard for at home? Do you have a reward system? Do you have um, an allowance system? Do you have, you know, what do you have in place already? And is it working? You know, that would be number one. Number two, as far as accountability on the academic piece, is do your best to push that back to the teacher. I'll give a really specific example that one of my children was not performing how I knew that he could perform. Oh, I just gave it away. It was him. Oh. <laughs> um, on his distance learning and I was frustrated because I knew there was more that could happen and it wasn't his best. And so I asked the teacher and she scheduled a meeting and he did not want to go at all. And it was literally a five minute meeting and it was that little piece of accountability. And she was very kind and wonderful about it. There was no being in trouble. Um, but don't be afraid to ask, mm -hmm. ask that teacher for, can I have, <clears throat> Is there a way we could do a one-on-one -on -one or is there another accountability factor that we can add in here? We're having, we're having trouble. We're having yeah. trouble. Can you help? Um, and, you know, if you can set up some sort of reward system, depending on how old your kids are at home, that's the other thing I would go with. Whether it's a fun focus Friday that everyone's working for all week or whether it's a daily at the end of every day, like you had said, a way to close out your learning day. Is there something special that you do? to close out your learning day or do they get extra time doing something they love or an extra choice time for young kids that works really well. Um, for older kids, it might look a little bit different depending on probably some of their electronic pieces would be my guess. That phone is the currency, Ooh, right? Yes. Yeah, always, <laughs> always. Um, what, what I would say about that motivation and focus piece is, um, you know, in coaching, we use a lot of listening, <clears throat> active listening, and asking powerful questions. And so I think this is um, key for parents to make that perspective shift in their head to start listening better. And not only just listening to the words that they're saying, but listening to their nonverbals, their tone, 
you know, what does their body language look like? And then also paying attention to yourself as the parents. What is my tone here? What is my body language? What am I communicating non-verbally to my kids? And then involve them in solving whatever the issue or problem is, because that then empowers them. It gives them confidence. It shows them creativity. It helps them collaborate better. And you do that by learning to ask really powerful questions. How would you solve this? What would you like to do? What do you think would work? What isn't going to work? Uh, when do you want to have this done by? And then give and empower them to take those steps to do that without you as the parent telling them what to do. Because we know that we're more likely to do what we tell ourselves to do than when somebody else tells us to do it. Yeah. And so it, it's going to require, you know, to involve the kids rather than solve the problem for them. It's going to involve using, dusting off those active listening skills, and it's a skill, and yeah. then learning how to ask more questions, and then empowering them and getting that, getting those ideas out of them, helping them explore and discover. Yeah. yeah. I love that idea. And I was thinking as you were talking, um, you know, whether it's a reward system or you're having that conversation, but also goal setting. Yes, you know, exactly. goal setting for kids. I was thinking, as you were saying, what time do you want to have this done? Well, your teacher may have an accountability time. So what do you think yes. is possible? What do you think is possible? It's 10 o'clock. She says you have to turn it in by three o'clock. You know, I'm being real tangible with my example. Yeah. Yes, How long do you perfect. think it takes for you to complete this activity? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Well, you did a similar activity yesterday. How long did it take? I don't yeah. know. Okay, well, let's set a timer. Let's see how long it does take. So next time we do it, we can now set an attainable goal on what you think. And most kids will be like, oh, I finished it so fast. Oh, you yeah, know, whatever I'm the so case happy. may be. But it goes back to your accountability piece, which I, I think yeah. is is huge. And it, it does take a lot more work. But I promise all the parents out there, you'll be so much happier. Yeah. And so will they. One of the yeah. other tips too, when you are involving them rather than solving for them is an acronym, um, wait, W A I T. And that stands for why am I talking? Mm-hmm. And so when you are going through this process of um, helping to involve them rather than solve it for them, you always want to remember that acronym and stop yourself you know, play a little bit of, you're going to have to do mental gymnastics in your head because you're going to want to, it's just natural for us to want to solve problems. It's just how God wired us. But if you can remember to think about that acronym and wait and say, why am I talking here? You don't have to say that to your kids, but (laughs) maybe, I don't know. Well, maybe, yes. Or maybe if they know the acronym, they'll say, wait, why are you talking? <laughs> you must be waiting. But no, that and that's really helpful to remember, you know, when you're in that process of motivating them to help get them focused on something as they're learning. Yeah. And there are so many good questions. I feel like I've gotten better at this as my kids have gotten older because right you 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 shift to that coach approach in the teenage years and yes. young adult years. <laughs> Um, and you know, like the questions that are coming to mind for me is, you know, I'll even ask my teens, how do you feel about your effort? You know, and and often they're satisfied with their effort, even though I am not. Mm -hmm. And I have to release that. (laughs) Let it go. Um, you know, I might wish they had answered it differently, but, um, but, but they, they have to take ownership for their effort. Um, for the older kids, you know, younger ones, we have to, we have to parent that a little more. Um, 
but and we do we do a lot of you know when they're overwhelmed with a with a big huge project kind of the reverse of what you were saying Siobhan with the setting the timer to see how much how long it takes we do well let's how how much um, focused energy do you feel like you have right now okay I think I can focus for 45 minutes okay great let's set a timer for 45 minutes and then stop after that and to end and, and go fishing. Yeah. yeah. And, Take you a know, and most of the time they're, they're in a roll by 45 minutes and they, and they keep going because mm -hmm. they've, you know, they've kind of gotten over the hurdle of it, but the, let's just work on it for an hour. Let's work on it for 30 minutes, you know, but in there, even speaking into that, how much focused energy do you feel like you can give this right now? Um, when is the, when do you feel like you're at your best? Is it morning? Is it evening? Um, you know, and letting them pick their time to do their projects, um, obviously, again, because they're older. But, uh, but again, it comes back to, you know, some of the stuff you've both been saying. I think it was one, one of the educators I follow used the, you know, kind of the, the little slogan voice and choice, you mm -hmm. know, that you want them to have a voice and you want to give them a choice. Yeah, and then that, that helps them have that active role in their learning. So yeah. Um, that makes everybody happy. Yeah. It makes it, everyone happy. Yes. <laughs> There's it does. A great, I mean, it's huge. Yeah. yeah. There's a great article in Positive Psychology, which hopefully you'll put it in the show notes. <clears throat> it's called 12 Tips for Parents Coaching Kids. Hmm. So uh, be sure and look that up. And it really kind of goes into some more depth about awareness for parents of their own styles and personality things and um, but it will be really helpful for parents as they step into this next season. Yeah. Oh, I love so. that. And Heather, I was thinking when you were talking about that focused learning time, and um, I don't have a particular site that has this information, but I would encourage parents to also look up. There's brain research on how long kids yeah. can focus by oh. their age group. Okay. So you want to look at what's developmentally appropriate for each age. A five-year-old and a 16-year-old has very different yeah. focus yeah. levels and times. And so looking up that information might help you recognize why your, your child is on the ground flopping around <laughs> when they probably just maybe needed a brain break. They needed yeah. a break. They need to move. And there's brain research that also shows that getting up and moving stimulates brain activity, which is what you want for learning. And they're going to be in front of the screen. Yeah. You know, for part of their day. So um, most elementary teachers will have your kids getting up and moving. Um, as the kids are a little bit older, they might need a little more encouragement. So it's just something to think about making sure that we're still moving our bodies and keeping yeah. them active. Yeah. Well, because yeah. there's no passing period. I mean, they can't right. even move. You know, I mean, we were, we kind of joke, you know, that we walk up and down the stairs as, you know, our commute or our passing period, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Because, yeah, all those things are gone. Yep. Yep. So just something to be maybe thinking yeah. about when you guys are working into your routine, whoever's, you know, the kids are working on the routine. What kind of brain break do you want today? Yeah. Um, and just, just That's finding different ways, you know, creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Well, we're, we're wrapping up our time. So um, let's, let's talk a little, let's kind of end on um, a, a really encouraging note. What, what do you feel like are, is this, is the surprise blessing in, in the midst of all of this? I feel like that's been a theme for, for us. Um, I know in our women's ministry, we've been talking about that all summer, you know, it's kind of like, what are the challenges? And then what, what are the surprise blessings? What, what do you feel like those are in this season? Well, I think it's the gift of time. I, I think if we can think about that in a positive way and utilize it for uh, God's purpose, he has a purpose in this. 
and you have this gift of time to be with your family that you've never had before. It's not driven by the school uh, getting out of the house kind of schedule. And um, I think if we can make that perspective shift in our head, it will take us a long way positively. Yeah, I would agree. That gift of time allows us to connect in a way that, you know, we weren't doing before. Right. Life was on the go. And as a society, we tend to be on the go. Our family is not any different. All the sports, all the things. Um, and I do believe God absolutely has a plan in this. The, yes. the message is loud and clear. Slow down. Yes. Slow Great. down. Yep. Connect with your people because that's what we're here to do and just breathe. And yeah. I feel like that connectedness is um, the big takeaway, mm. you know, and the thing that we, like you said, Jackie, you won't regret having time with your family. Cause that's mm. what we always talk about that. We want more of. Right. And, and that to me is probably the most important piece. Yeah. yeah. And to just not, not fear and not feel like you're going to be a failure because you're not a teacher and this is not how God wired you. But you can, you can make a difference and you want to be there with your kids so that you don't have any regrets. And this is a season. Mm -hmm. It'll change. It always Short does. One. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> um, well, Jackie, you have a website. Tell us about your website because I know you have some resources on there. Sure. It's JackieAnnAdams.com. And what I've shared today about the reflective piece, I wrote a blog post on there called, you know, three... Uh, tips to shift your perspective. And so it'll go into more detail about, you know, kind of a process for the parents before they get started in this um, next phase. Yeah. And then the positive psychology article, I think, you know, coaching kids would be great. Great. JackieAnnAdams.com. Yeah. And um, if we ever, you know, and I shouldn't say if, when we get back to <laughs> regular church, um, Siobhan, I look forward to, um, you know, a, a, a lobby greeting where we can Yay. chat Finally. IRL in real life. So I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so, um, well, thanks everybody for listening and watching this episode of Engaging Culture podcast today. Thanks to Lucian and Brenton who are going to take our video and our voices and make it look good and sound good. Um, and we will be back with you in two weeks for another episode of Engaging Culture Podcast. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Engaging Culture, a podcast by Bridgeway Christian Church. If you enjoyed the show, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. Music is used under the Creative Commons license and is provided by Dexter Britton.